Well, happy Easter. My name is Tim. I'm the pastor here at Phoenix Bible Church, and so glad that you have joined us to celebrate the resurrected Christ, uh, even virtually. I- I'd love for us to be together in a room together celebrating Jesus, but, but I love that you've joined in and-, and that you're leaning in during this time. And I would say, normally I always say on Easter, hey, I know you can be a lot of other places like brunches and Easter egg hunts and all sorts of things, but I'm so glad you've joined us here to, to celebrate Jesus in church. And I would say that, but I know you're stuck at home <laughs> and there's nowhere else you can go. Uh, but maybe you could be like streaming season three of something, um, but I'm glad you're not. I'm glad you're tuning in to, to celebrate Jesus. And you need to know that even in these unique days, the resurrection of Jesus is still the most powerful event in all of history. That right now, depending on time zones, and even in these unique unique days, people across the world, in fact, a few billion people across the world are celebrating what you and I are celebrating, the resurrection of Christ. That still, as we look on the calendar and see, hey, this is 2020, the year 2020, that that is recognizing this this pivotal moment of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection as he split history into two parts, B.C. and A.D., And all of those, listen, all of those things are still true, even in these unprecedented times we are in. And so I love that you are celebrating the hope and power of the resurrected Christ with us. And today we're going to talk about the title of my message today is Unrivaled Power in Unprecedented Times. And as you think about uh, rivals, we, we love the idea of rivals in every sphere. I was thinking about for, for comics, we love Batman versus Joker, or Superman versus Lex Luthor, right? All the kids just paid attention. Uh, we love in sports, we love the Cowboys versus the Eagles, which, come on, let's be honest, that's not a rivalry. The Cowboys are God's team, so that's, we're all good there. Uh, but some people think that's a rivalry. Some people even in our church watching this. Uh, but we, we love rivalries, uh, sibling rivalries. I know at my home, we have three kids. Uh, we're experiencing sibling rivalries at times, right? Kids, you know what I'm talking about. They're not always working together. They're working against one another. They're, they're rivals. I often find myself as a dad, whether we're playing in the backyard, doing homework or whatever, hey guys, let's just work together, not against one another. We, we love rivalries. And, and we're going to look at how, how God, through Jesus Christ, is unrivaled in his power, that he does not have a rival. We're going to sing that a little bit later on as well. We're going to see that through the resurrection. So I invite you to, again, lean in with me. Luke 24 is where we're going to go. So grab a Bible and go there with me. Luke 24. We're going to look at Luke's account of the resurrection. And then we're going to go to a significance of this this moment and really how we see God's power worked out in our lives Uh, a little bit later. So Luke 24 is where we'll start. Verse 1, it says this, But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they, that's the women who first went to Jesus' tomb, took spices that they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. You need to know, uh, historically, this, this stone would have been guarded by two Roman officials at least. Uh, maybe even more because of Jesus, who was threatening the Roman government, claiming to be God, bringing a new kingdom into play here, that, that this was heavily guarded, this tomb that they show up to. Verse 3, these women, they, they went in and they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. 
And notice the women's response. Look at verse 4 with me. It says, they are perplexed, that they're confused as to why Jesus' body is not here. And I love that the angel says, hey, remember how he told you. It's almost like, hey, did you forget? I mean, this is what Jesus said he was going to do. And in one sense, you can, you can look at them, these women who are perplexed and confused that Jesus' body is not there. In one sense, you can look at that and think, like, how? How are you confused? I mean, how many times did Jesus say, I'm going to die in three days I will rise? Like, how could you be perplexed? How could you be confused? In some way, you could, you could see it that way. But in another way, you can totally empathize with these women. You see, you got to understand the scene of this day. Uh, Jesus has, has come on the scene about three years ago publicly in his ministry. And he came on the scene roaring, proclaiming the, the kingdom of God is, is near, it's here, and it's, it's through me. And, and he proclaimed that in sermons, and large crowds gathered and, and followed him everywhere he went. He could, he could very rarely get a, a moment of silence or, or solitude. Right? That's Jesus. He's, he's preaching to crowds and proclaiming a kingdom is coming. It's, it's here. It's, it's near. He's also performing amazing miracles. He's healing people right and left. And, and he, he creates this following and people are following after Jesus. And he does say, hey, I'm going to die and then I'm going to rise. But then you see him die on a cross. And we talked about on Good Friday, you see him not just experience physical pain, but public shame. You probably have a lot of the friends of these women and all of Jesus' followers who are saying, hey, I told you so. I told you you shouldn't follow that Jesus. He, he died just like everybody else died. He's not the Savior. And you got to think for these women, three days have gone by, and they're going to put some spices on his body. And they thought, hey, maybe this whole resurrecting from the dead thing. Maybe it was a sham. Maybe we were foolish to believe this. Maybe this resurrection, maybe it wasn't physical. Maybe it was just spiritual. We'll never really be able to validate it. And so in one sense, you could think, how could you be perplexed that Jesus's body isn't there? But in another sense, you can totally understand how they could feel this way. They had forgotten about Jesus's unrivaled power that he claimed that he would beat death, that he would rise again. Listen, many times we can still, we have the 66 books of scripture. We know God's power. We know his power in creation. We know his power in Jesus and God himself coming through Jesus to the earth in the incarnation, living a perfect life that we could never live, dying a death in our place, rising again, defeating sin, death in the grave. We know God's power. We know he's coming back again. We, we see through the entire lens of scripture and we see his power. But sometimes, just like the women, we are perplexed. We, we forget. We have to remember as the angels call them to remember. We have to remember that God's power is abundant. Psalm 147.5 says this, that great is our Lord and abundant, overflowing in power. We have to remember God's power is easy. Jeremiah 32.17 says, 
He says, Ah, Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. God's power is easy. God's power is eternal. Romans 1.20, it says, For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power, his, his power will never cease. It will never stop. It is eternal. That lastly, God's power is experienced by us. Ephesians 1.19, the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us, toward you who believe. And, and, and we have the unique moment today Maybe you've forgotten God's power. You can remember God's power. Through, through those truths that we just read, through the resurrection account, through the fact that they, they can't find the body of Jesus, for so many people, even during that time, who would have loved to, to disprove the resurrection, they couldn't find the body. To remember the power of the resurrection, that Jesus Christ, that He beat sin, that He beat the grave in His unrivaled power. And we would do well this Easter not to forget, not to be perplexed, but to remember the unrivaled power that is in Jesus Christ and that is toward us. And that leads us to our second point, the results of unrivaled power. So we already talked about remembering unrivaled power. Now we're going to talk about results of unrivaled power. We see that in Luke 24, verse 8. Look at the verse with me. It says this, and they remembered his words. So they start to remember. Jesus said he is going to rise again. He is powerful even over the grave. And they remembered his words, verse 9, and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to, to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter, I love this, Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. So we see the results of unrivaled power. Uh, and there's lots of results. I'm going to give you two Eternal change and unshakable confidence. First, eternal change. You see it with Peter. Look at verse 12 again with me. It says, Peter rose and ran to the tomb. Once he heard that Jesus was alive, that was his response. He looks in the tomb. He sees the linen cloths by themselves. I mean, just try to imagine that for Peter. And he goes home marveling at what had happened. And what's amazing, it's an eternal change for Peter. It doesn't just change this moment him. It changes his life. Uh, we see it in Acts 2, amongst other places in the book of Acts. We see Peter, this doubting disciple, turn into a bold proclaimer. In Acts 2, he preaches before 3,000 people. He, he marvels at Jesus Christ publicly, and all those people come to know Jesus. And I thought about that, just backtracking. We talked about this on Good Friday, that, that Peter denied Jesus. And he denied Jesus to one person. In fact, a, a little girl, he said, I, I don't know Jesus. In Jesus' darkest hour, Peter denied Jesus to one little girl. Acts 2, he's in front of a lot of little girls, a lot of little boys, adults, men, women, and he's proclaiming, he's marveling at Jesus. He's not denying Jesus any longer. How's that happen? The effects of unrivaled power in the midst of the resurrection. 
It changes Peter. And it doesn't just change people in that day. It changes people in our day. I was thinking about Justin Bieber. I know you were thinking about him too. It's not just me, right? That, that in all these accounts we're seeing, you've probably seen them uh, of Justin Bieber, this guy who was caught up in fame and, and giving in to every sinful pleasure uh, known to man by his own admission, gave his life to Christ. And I remember, I'll just be honest, thinking that was, okay, we'll see, Justin, we'll see Bieber fever, like if that's really legit. Uh, but I remember watching a video a couple months ago where he, he's talking about repentance and sanctification and confessing sin, and he's proclaiming the gospel to, to who knows how many people because there are results of unrivaled power. There's eternal change in, in Peter's day and in our day. And many of you watching this, I know some of you don't know Jesus yet, and I hope this unrivaled power begins to take shape in your life Today, I hope 2020 is the year where your life is eternally changed by the unrivaled power of Jesus. But I know there's other people here watching this. You, you have been changed. You have a, a, a before and after story. You used to give in to every sinful pleasure, but now you're pursuing Christ. You even got dressed up for an Easter service this morning, even though nobody's watching because you, you worship Jesus, and you want to honor Jesus with everything in your life. And some of you, you can think about your life has been eternally changed by Jesus. Some of you, it's from sinful pleasure. Some of you, it's from rituals and religion, and you, you striving and straining to work your way to God. And at one point in your life, you stopped and remembered, I can't work my way to God, but Jesus in his grace has worked his way to me. And he's changed me. And I don't have to strive. I don't have to climb the ladder, ladder any longer. I can receive by grace through faith Jesus Christ. And that has changed you. And it's led you to good works, but it's driven by grace and not fear or religion. And so we see the results of unrivaled power through eternal change. We see that in Peter's life, Justin Bieber's life, and you've seen that in your life. The second result is unshakable confidence. We see in a great place, I love this text, Romans 8, 37 through 39. It says this, that in all things, we, that's people who have trusted in the death and resurrection of Jesus, are more than conquerors through him who loved us. He says, for I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That, that what the Apostle Paul is describing is an unshakable confidence that's rooted in an unrivaled power. And you see, it says that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ. And I love that Paul goes on a tangent here and just starts listing off things, death, life, angels, rulers, things present, things to come, powers, height, depth, nor anything else in all creation. Just in case you were wondering, nothing can separate you. That he's describing an unshakable confidence because of the unrivaled power of Jesus. And I love that he lists out all these things and all these things that we could possibly think of. Like, well, what about this, Paul? Like, what about COVID-19, Paul? What about my, my job and my vocational struggles right now. What about my family? What about my finances? What about our country? What about our politics? What about all these things? And Paul says, 
hey, nothing else in all creation can separate us from the love of Christ. That he's, he's describing an unshakable confidence, not just for people like Peter, but for people like you. That we can, as a people, if you believed in Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection, we can echo the comments of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, O death, where is your sting? And listen, I'm not saying we should take death lightly. I'm not saying, hey, there are real people who are dying of COVID-19. There are real people who are dying from other things. And I'm not saying you should take death lightly and just laissez-faire and just go about it flippantly. We should be responsible. Stay at home. Wash your hands. Be safe and healthy. But I am saying at home, right where you are right now, with whatever's going on in our life, nor anything else in all creation, Paul says, you can have an unshakable confidence that even if the worst were to come, I am still found in Jesus Christ. I experience his unfailing love because of his unrivaled power that he beat death. He broke the power of death. Amen? And he breaks the power of death for those who will trust in him. Romans 8, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you so you can go through life without fear. Even death can't separate you from the love of Christ. Why? Because of the unrivaled power displayed in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's available to you. If you have trusted in Jesus Christ, as we sit here this Easter, you need to know you can have this unshakable confidence in Christ. You can embrace it. You can take hold of it. If you've lost your job, you can take hold of it. You can persevere through it with Jesus and his power. I, I love that uh, scripture says his power is made perfect in our weakness. Listen, some of you think, well, I mean, I, if, if I'm going to have unshakable confidence, I, I got to get the job first. I got to get the, the family figured out first. I got to get these kids to do homeschool work. Come on. And I got to do all these things in my own power. No, no, no. That's not the way it works biblically. His power, his unrivaled power, his unshakable confidence is given to you in your weakness. Some of you feel weak right now, financially, spiritually, emotionally, physically. And that's where you need to be. As you're weak, his unrivaled power will be perfected in your weakness. So if you know Jesus, take hold of that. Embrace that. Perceive life differently through that lens. If you don't know Jesus, you need to know this unrivaled power, this unshakable confidence is impossible for you. That, that the best power you'll, you'll have is in your wealth, in your beauty, in your strength, that as you can see and everybody's seeing right now in this day, will fade. And you need to know you need to stop putting your trust in that and start putting your trust in the true unrivaled power of Jesus. Nothing can rival it. Your finances, your 401k, your status, any sinful pleasure, it can't rival the power of Jesus. You need to trust him. He will give you power in your weakness and allow you to live with unshakable confidence in the midst of any circumstance in life but you got to trust him. I want to invite you to respond. We have some ways even digitally to respond in this moment to trust Jesus. So I'm going to invite you to do that now as we pray that you would follow the Lord's lead. Don't miss this. May Easter 2020 be the day that you give your life to Jesus. You experience his unrivaled power for the first time. So we invite you to respond as we pray. Pray with me.
Father, we thank you for your unrivaled power. God, I thank you that we see that most vividly at Easter, the resurrected Christ. God, may we not forget it, and may we experience the results of it anew this Easter. Father, help us to do that. Help us to respond even now in the name and for the fame of Jesus Christ. Amen.